3: And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. Lots of rumors about conference realignment and that heating back up again. When I went to bed last night, the rumors were Oregon to the Big Ten Conference. It could happen anytime. And I just saw a tweet from Pete Tamil of ESPN that. Maybe it's not going to happen now. The Pac-12 trying to salvage things and get back together uh, in a meeting this morning. So we'll see how things play out. But the conference alignment chat, just as we get ready for college football season here in a few weeks, is back and alive. And it's really interesting to follow, I think, especially from a Big Ten perspective. UCLA, USC coming into the fold next year. I really think it makes sense to add more teams on the West Coast Conference. Of course, we don't understand TV deals or different financial agreements that exist that really are the driving force behind so many things, really everything in our world, to be honest. But even college sports and conference alignment, ultimately it comes down to to money and to television deals and to contracts and who can bring the most leverage to help a conference take steps forward. So uh, definitely interesting to see. We'll uh, talk more about it today, but boy, it was interesting. Really heated up yesterday evening and even into the late night with some uh, Board of Regents meetings. I know Arizona and Arizona State, there were rumors about Arizona especially leaving very imminently for the Big 12 Conference, which would kind of be... Possibly the beginning of the end and definitely would probably make Oregon and Washington come to the Big Ten. But that all seems to be a little bit on hold right now, at least of that, as of this hour. So we'll check on that today uh, here in our conversation. Let's look at the show lineup for this Friday program, a service of Honeybaked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, in just a moment, Dylan Wallace, a great friend of this program, former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, He's going to join us. We'll talk IU basketball, football, and we'll talk conference realignment and all of these rumors going on out there. Later in the show, new New Albany coach Jason Jones. He most recently, last season, was in Kansas as a high school basketball coach. Coach Jones came to New Albany. He was hired officially by the school board the day before school started at New Albany High School. You want to talk about a change in environments, a new job, a new team, uh, moving across the country, really across the Midwest. Wow, what a lot of changes. And I look forward to meeting Coach Jones and chatting about his basketball experiences and maybe his early ideas on thoughts for New Albany basketball. But he'll join us a little bit later in the program today. In segment two and then in segment three, our final segment of the day and final segment of the week, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join with Kyle. We'll talk high school football, recruiting with basketball, especially a lot of in-state movement. I saw Trent Sicily of Heritage Hills, the big in-state prospect, one of the big in-state prospects in 2025. He has set another, I mean, it seems like he's been there a hundred times, another unofficial visit to Bloomington to meet with the IU coaches and see the campus. I think it's for a home football game coming up later in the season. So a lot of movement out there. Kyle will join us as we get ready. High school stuff is almost here. I mean, we've talked about it a lot this week, have coaches coming on to help preview the season next week. It's just about here. Scrimmages next week. Uh, in the state of Indiana the following week, the first week of high school football. And so Kyle will help us get ready for all that coming up a little bit later today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. I know a lot of interest in the new New Albany coach, Jason Jones. Do you have a question for him? Do you want to talk something with conference realignment, something on IU basketball, IU football, whatever it may be? Send a message to us. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line if you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction. Right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today, grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and send us a text on the show, 502-414-1450. Dylan Wallace with us in the opening segment today. Dylan, thanks for being a little flexible so we could still squeeze you into this Friday program. Are you able to keep up with all the rumors about more conference alignment over the last 24, 48 hours?
4: I'm trying to keep up with it. Uh, It's moving pretty fluidly today. There's been a lot of stuff already. Uh, It seems like the Pac-12 can't really get a deal done. You know, with their media rights, seems like the Big Ten presidents and chancellors are hopping on a call, like, at this moment, discussing stuff. So we'll see if they extend official invites out to to Oregon and Washington. So it's all moving pretty quick here, you know, and it's been pretty crazy to follow. I think we all knew, you know, when the, the Texas and oklahoma stuff happened last year and then, you know, USC and, and UCLA, the, the Big Ten, we knew at some point there would be more stuff like this coming. Um, but I didn't expect it to happen so soon, right before – this college football season coming up, so uh, we're getting a lot of movement right now. You mentioned at the top, how about Arizona? It seems like they want to get out and go to the Big Twelve. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on right now, and it seems like we're going to get some pretty big news today um, because, like I said, the, the Big Ten presidents and everybody are meeting right now. So we're gonna we're probably gonna find out a lot more stuff right now about who's gonna. Be offered invites to what conference and what this realignment's really going to look like. So uh, it's been it's been pretty crazy, and there's a lot to follow. And um, you know, I, I think today's going to be a pretty busy day for some of this news. So just trying to keep up with it the best I can, and uh, it's been it's been pretty interesting to follow to see. And uh, it's, it's wild; things are changing, but we're all got to get used to it because I this is kind of the, the path where we're heading down. So um, you know, I expect a lot of news today. At some point, it might even happen while we're talking. Who knows?
3: Absolutely, I saw. Pete Famel of ESPN say about an hour ago that heading into a meeting of Pac-12 schools, the thought was that Oregon, if they can get a media rights deal done today in that meeting, maybe was trending toward not going to the Big Ten and then just uh, 45 minutes or so later uh, an update from him that nothing's going to get done with the media rights deal in the Pac-12 right now it doesn't seem and that the Big Ten is making an 11th hour push for Oregon and Washington so what a crazy situation and I guess it's interesting to think about for fans UCLA, USC coming to the Big Ten I don't know what the average IU fan thinks or cares about that. I'm sure there's thoughts both ways. But it does make common sense you would add additional West Coast teams as this Big Ten conference, a super conference, expands its footprint across the country. Uh, But I guess so much of this is TV rights and other financial dealings and things that the average fan or graduate of a school in one of these conferences in play probably really doesn't think much about or care much about, but it's dictating all the movement, it seems.
4: Oh, yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, the Big Ten, you know, when they added USC and UCLA, it was in, in major response to what the SEC the yeah, the yeah SEC was doing. And, and now what it seems like the Big Ten is doing is trying to kind of get on the front foot here and add some more teams and, and get more expansion and really try to get that more money. And, I mean, the media rights deals the Big Ten has coming up in 2024 is, is pretty big. And uh, if you add these more West Coast teams, it's only going to get bigger. Um, so, you know, but it does make sense. You know, after you added those two California schools, you know, the they only have those two in the Big Ten. You know, we talked about how the schedule going to be. You know, it's going to be really weird. They're going to be in the the Midwest or the East Coast half for more than three fourths of their schedule. And uh, so to add more schools there, it's probably going to make it easier in terms of you know scheduling stuff. Uh, maybe they'll do some division type things. I mean, obviously, we know what the football schedule is going to look like in the next two years with those schools in. But you know, with more teams coming in, are they going to switch it up with with divisions and have kind of the West Coast teams in one section? You know, it's going to be really interesting to follow. But I mean, it all comes down to the money and. You know, adding these schools in is, is going to be a big deal for all of them. And, you know, it seems like the Pac-12 can't get the deal done for their media rights. And, and even, you know, Florida State and the ACC said they want to leave if the ACC can't fix their, you know, media rights deal. So, um, you know, those conferences are struggling right now. And, uh, you know, Indiana's lucky to be in the Big Ten uh, as opposed to any other conference because, you know, even though the football program isn't the best to be in this conference, that is really, you know, moving along forward with this pretty strongly it is a good thing that they're not going to be – stuck left behind like maybe some of these other schools that are in the Pac-12 that aren't as kind of big of a market as an Oregon or a Washington so um, it's going to be interesting but uh, it seems like Oregon and Washington are probably Big Ten bound by the pretty soon here and and who knows when it'll be finalized or what year they'll be able to join but it seems like it's really trending that way and you know it makes sense after USC and and UCLA joining so um, you know I get it from that perspective and uh, it's going to be going to be different you know Big Ten fans are going to get used to having these West Coast teams out here I think It'll be cool for some people. Um, you know, I think having some of these teams like Ohio State and USC football playing each other every other year, stuff like that, will be good for for every for everybody and viewing purposes. So, but yeah, it's it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out, and will they add even more teams? You know, what other teams from the Pac-12, because the Big Ten maybe Scalp, or other other teams around that could join. So. You know, what's going to happen with Notre Dame? You know, that's that's kind of that's where I move to, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them, if they're able to stay independent for how how much longer. So uh, but it's going to be pretty crazy. A lot of big programs that we're going to see moving around, and um, I'm, I'm just curious to see how it all plays out.
3: Absolutely. Dylan Wallace, former sports editor at the Seymour Tribune, a great friend of the show with us in segment one today. Uh, we've got to get to some IU stuff here in a moment, but I have one more conference realignment thing. And to me it's just crazy the timing of this latest batch of movement we went a long period of time really if you think about it since the Big 12 moves with Texas and uh, Oklahoma I believe and then with uh, the Big Ten moves you UC- UCLA and USC you would think everybody would be focused on the start of fall sports uh, the students coming back to campus the start of the educational year Uh, this to me would seem to be like an off-season, early summer, late spring topic when schools would really begin to movement and look around at different options. Kind of crazy with college football looming, and of course that's the big deal that drives so much of this with TV contracts that there's movement right as the season begins. I know it doesn't change conferences immediately. It's obviously for down the road, whether it's a couple years or not, but uh, just weird the timing of the whole thing to me.
4: It really is, and I, I, you know, I wonder if it's because you know they wanted to wait for I don't know who decides you know when they want to push this information or what, but you know it just so happens to happen. after come out after all of the, the these conferences had their media days. You know, Big Ten media days was last week, SEC media days was last week. So you know you kind of miss that window where everybody would be in one spot, and this would be a huge topic for people to talk about if, if the news did come out. You know, say a week ago. Um, so you know it's interesting that they just missed that window, and, and now it's out, and then teams don't gonna have, kind of have to answer question under the fire so to say so i wonder if that was strategic in any way but yeah it's uh kind of a dead window right before we ramp up to you know fall camp started this week for a lot of teams and then official practices so um it's kind of dominating the cycle and you know it probably will until we get to that opening week you know in uh three or four weeks from now so it's going to be a lot of this conversation and you know we kind of got a taste of it last last year and uh, it's just going to get even bigger and bigger this year but yeah definitely interesting timing and uh I can't help but wonder if they purposely tried to avoid the media day so it wasn't like a complete circus in terms of, you know, people having questions and commissioners having to be in front of, you know, bad people and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how this continues to develop. And I, I, like I said, I think today is going to be a huge day. We're going to continue to see updates throughout the entire day from people all over college football about, you know, what what's happening with the Pac-12, are the deals being done, Just what's the Big Ten doing, who are they pushing for. So um, it's, a, it's a big day right now, and we got, we got a lot of stuff to talk about with it.
3: Absolutely, and Dylan, text on the Thornton's text line, um, million-dollar game last night, LaFonso Ellis coached a team in the TBT, the basketball tournament, Heartfire was their name, and they defeated a North Texas alumni team, believe it or not. Uh, Wouldn't think they would have that many great alumni to make it to the championship game of a really talented tournament, but they did, and the Heartfire team knocked them out, in that one million dollar prize game the text from the Thornton's text line says what are Dylan's thoughts about the possibility of the Elam ending in high school basketball uh, or any basketball for that matter Uh, my comments Dylan are I love it I'd love to see it in summer league Uh, I'd love to see it in maybe some youth things Uh, but as far as regular season high school games I'm too much of a traditionalist for that but our world is changing rules across the country are changing but I just can't see Elam ending ever coming to traditional high school basketball can you
4: no, I can't. I, I do like it, like what you said. I, you know, the NBA All Star Game does it. You know, they've they've adopted that rule at, at the end of their games now. Um, so you know, it's kind of fun to watch. The T B T does it a lot, so it's it, it's kind of fun when it happens because you have that set mark, and you know, teams can really kind of turn it on and push for that set score. But um, I, I really, it'd be really hard to watch like an actual game, like you know, a high school regular season game, a college basketball game, an NBA game, like. I can't imagine those, them ever adopting that Elam ending rule. Um, it'd be it'd be really weird. It'd be hard to get used to. I think you would probably turn a lot of fans off, to be honest. You know, if you didn't have the, the regular game clock, the game goes the full minutes, and, and, you know, at the end, who has the most points, who's the winner. Um, you know, it'd take a lot of getting used to. You. But, I, I mean, it's fun in some of these all-star settings and these fun game, fun tournament stuff we do see in the summer league. So um, I, I kind of like it where it is right now. And, and I think every time you watch it, it's exciting and it's fun, but... I think everybody probably wouldn't want it to, to actually come into the real, real games that matter. Um, so, I, that, that's my thoughts. I, I kind of I share them with you. I, I like it for these fun things, but ultimately, I, I don't think I'd want to see it like in an actual game that that we that matters and that has high stakes to it.
3: All right, Dylan Wallace, former sports editor, Seymour Tribune, IU football. The season is just around the corner. We are now within a month. And the more I see about this team and the more you hear about some of the positives coming into the season, of course, there's a lot of unknown and some question marks, but so many of the positives have to do with one player, and that is Jalen Lucas. And it's going to be tricky for Coach Allen. They've got to use him a lot. They've got to keep him healthy. Healthy. They've got to keep him fresh. But he really is the guy as far as preseason recognition on this IU team.
4: Yeah, he was absolutely electric to watch last season. You know, he was one of the few bright spots on that team that, you know, they won four games. It was two more than they did the year before that, you know, which, which, was a, which was a good sign, I guess. But, um, you know, Lucas was really the guy that really, you know, everybody wanted to see him get used more. They wanted to see him take more handoffs in the backfield. They wanted to see him, you know, be used in a gadget-type way, you know, screen passes, stuff like that. Obviously, he returned some kicks. Um, and you know, he took a couple to the house as well. so he's he's definitely one of the more exciting players on this team. I'm glad he stuck around because you know there are some players that that showed some flashes last year that decided to transfer. so it's nice that he's here and he and he's here another year and it does seem like he's going to have a much bigger role in the offense, which is really exciting. and I think I think Walt Bell and Tom Allen kind of kind of figured out some things about how they want to do things offensively at the end of last year. It seems like they want to move more toward that kind of mobile quarterback scheme, a lot of motion in the offense. So with a guy like Lucas who has that much speed and ability and can be used in all different spots around the field, uh, he's going to be a really, really good weapon for Indiana. And you know, hopefully, hopefully it's not one of those things where every time he's on the field, other teams know he's getting it. You know, you got to have him out there a lot so it's not just so predictable when he's out there, you know, he's going to touch the ball. So, you know, hopefully they can get they can be creative with him. And I think, you know, Walt Bells knows some pretty good things last year at the OC and, you know, with the whole other year under his belt and, and this team, um, I'm pretty excited to see what, what Lucas can do. Team-wise, I don't really know what to expect. You know, I think the schedule kind of breaks nicely for him. Now, obviously you have to play those tough teams. You always do. But um, I do think some of the non-conference games and, and some of the conference games as well, you know, there, there's some paths for this team if they if they do improve and they play better, you know to potentially get to you know five wins, maybe even for a bowl game. So, uh, but it's all going to depend on how things shake out, how the team comes together, and you know Lucas is going to be a big piece of it. So I can't wait to see what he does because he's he's really electrically he touches the ball, and you know, one of the more players I've had in the last couple of years. So I think a lot of fans are really excited to see what he can do this year.
3: All right, uh, talking with Dylan Wallace, sports editor, former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He just recently transitioned out of that job. IU basketball in full off season mode. Dylan, we're up against the commercial break, but before we let you go, it's workouts, training, getting guys back in class, recruiting this IU staff, even though there's not much publicly as far as games or practices, it's still a very busy time getting ready for the season.
4: Yeah, I love it. Walker Etsy Walker came a couple weeks ago, so they got everybody there on campus now. We saw that really cool video of Woodson talking to the team uh, in Memorial Stadium after they did a workout about you know, what it meant for, for them to be the best conditioned team, and they want to be one of the, the best conditioned teams in college basketball, and, and the more Cliff Marshall does. So, that was a really cool video to see, and all the guys are, are going home right now, I think, and then when they all come back, it, it's gonna time to hit the ground running with Woodson and really drill down what, what the scheme is going to be. So, uh, I, think, um, I think everybody's really excited for that. So, at least, you know, if we know football goes poorly, everyone's going to be pretty amped up for basketball season no matter what. So, uh, we're going to look forward to that
3: for sure. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, with us. Friday's on the program. Dylan, enjoy still having you with us. Congrats on the new gig, and uh, we'll have you back next Friday to continue talking all this IU stuff and other sports.
4: All right, sounds good. Thank you.
3: All right, Dylan Wallace with us on our Friday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502 414 14:50 we'll head to a break. When we come back, New New Albany coach Jason Jones joins the program. We'll get to know him and talk about his plans for the Bulldogs after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Friday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We are getting ready for the start of the high school football season. But one of the big storylines when it comes to high school basketball over the summer and in this offseason was the retirement of longtime New Albany coach Jim Shannon. And, of course, what happened after that? Craig Teagle hired into the position. He was there for a short time, and the job opened again. And last week, New Albany, the school board with New Albany Floyd County Schools, officially announced Jason Jones as the new coach of the Bulldogs, who comes in to teach and coach at New Albany High School. Most recently, Coach Jones, after a long career for a young guy, a long career coaching high school basketball in various states across the country, comes to New Albany High School. Coach Jones is with us for his first appearance here on the radio show. Coach, welcome to Southern Indiana. Welcome to New Albany. Great to have you with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. Coach, uh, you've, been, you've been a guy that has coached high school basketball in various states. Uh, you've had a number of high school programs that you have led in different areas. I'm curious, how do you locate this new Albany job from Kansas, and uh, how did this get on your radar to become an applicant for this position?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, it's you know I followed Indiana high school basketball for a long time. My dad is a 1969 graduate of Washington High School. And uh, we've pretty much followed high school basketball there as long as I can remember. We started getting the Final Four sent to us when I was about fourth or fifth grade and watched the Final Four every year on video. You know, it's just so the tradition and passion. And, you know, my dad grew up in that, played high school basketball in that before it went to class basketball. And uh, so always have kept an eye on Indiana. I've have come out to visit numerous times. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how it got on the radar.
3: Jason Jones, New Albany's new coach with us. Coach, your experiences, I'm interested to hear in so many different states, uh, what's high school basketball like in Kansas? What's it been like at some of these other stops you've been at? You've led some big programs. You've led some medium-sized schools and even some smaller schools, so a lot of experience at different setups. Um, What do you expect will be different with Indiana High School basketball from some of those other locations?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest difference, and I've already noticed it even in the first week here, is just the following and the passion of the fan base, uh, how invested people are in high school basketball there. Um, you know, Kansas, it's important, and people follow it, um, and people love their high school basketball, but there's just nothing like uh, the what Indiana brings in terms of its tradition and history. Um, and, you know, even I've coached a lot of great athletes across the country, and I think, Florida was probably the biggest example of of how different things are. Um, You know, so many good athletes in the state of Florida, but just the following for high school basketball just isn't there. And so it goes under the radar. A lot of great players there. So I'm excited to be in a place where, where people are passionate about the sport, follow the sport, and really take a vested interest in what happens
3: talking with Jason Jones, who was approved as the new New Albany basketball coach earlier this week. How crazy has this whole thing been? You get approved on Monday, school starts the next day, I know you've got family and transitioning from your last location in Kansas. Coach, you've got a lot going on right now.
1: (laughs) It has been a whirlwind. Um, You know, I think another thing that just speaks to the the high-quality program, though, with the diligence and with with the search committee and, and how you know, they just really took their time and did it the right way. I think trying to find the right person for the job. But, yeah, we were there Monday night, got approved. Uh, we went to school Tuesday. I'll have a son that will be a sophomore there at New Albany. So he got a shadow today. the day. I got to meet with some players briefly on Tuesday. And then uh, we came back to Kansas, and we're here uh, loading it up. And then my son and I will be there full time starting next Thursday at school.
3: All right, Jason Jones, New Albany's new basketball coach, joining us today here on the Hoosier Report. Coach, I know that you are committed to this stuff. Uh, I could tell right away you are a basketball guy. With the way technology is now, while you weren't here in June for some of the summer opportunities with the New Albany team, I'm sure you've asked around, you've been able to do some looking online to learn a little bit more about what New Albany has coming back for this season. Any really early thoughts about where things are at or your initial reaction to uh, this team and this program since you've been here?
1: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, what I've been able to watch online and just meet some guys, meet some of the coaches, you know, I think we've got a nice young core coming back. We got some kids that got a lot of varsity experience last year um, as sophomores or juniors. And, you know, I think anytime there's a coaching change, there's, you know, there's going to be a transition period of, you know, learning styles, philosophies, what we're trying to accomplish offensively and defensively. But, I really like our young nucleus of talent, and I think they're eager to learn and get on the court. and I'm excited to get to work with them,
3: Coach. Um, obviously, each school, each setting probably dictates its own style and some things that you would do based on your knowledge and understanding of the game. But a Jason Jones coach team, typically, for a new Albany fan listening or listening or someone that's a follower of Southern Indiana basketball. How do you like to play and what are some of the things that you try to instill as far as basketball on the floor?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think in an ideal world, if you came to watch us play, you're going to see a team that really gets after it defensively. And I think we always try to hang our hat on defending and rebounding because you can survive some poor offensive nights if you really grind it out defensively. You know, that looks different based on personnel, love to pressure. But at the end of the day, we want to disrupt defensively, whether that means man, zone, press, or whatever. We're going to just try to take people out of what they're comfortable with and then just be great on the glass and and try to be one and done. Offensively, we love to play fast, space the floor, and play unselfish. And I think if you can do those things, uh, you're going to have some success.
3: Coach, uh, a few years ago, IHSA allows not just the open gyms and the opportunity to see your team play and do some individual work, but you can actually practice two times a week. Uh, That is beneficial when the school season starts back as it is now, but gosh, I've got to believe you're especially glad that rule changed a few years ago as a new coach coming in so late. uh, It's obvious, I'm sure, but how important are these fall practices, these early workouts? going to be for you and in the team
1: oh you know it'll be invaluable for us in terms of hitting the ground with our philosophy and and how we'd like to play you know I think down the road we'll spend a ton of time in in player development and and bringing guys along this first year there's just going to be a lot of learning the system teaching that to guys and the opportunity to do that is going to be huge before we actually hit the ground running uh, for the full season
3: Coach Jones of New Albany joining us here on this Friday program. Coach, I know that we'll talk to you from time to time as the season arrives in advance of some of the big games in the area, but I can't wait to talk with you on this show after you've coached your first big rivalry game here in southern Indiana. Interesting that you followed high school hoops in the state for so long, uh, watched all the old state championship and final four games, and I can't wait to hear how it is when you enter uh, these big environments here where it means so much and the community's so passionate about their respective high school teams. So welcome to the area. Look forward to continuing uh, our conversations, and uh, we look forward to hearing about that first big rivalry experience when you step on the court as the coach of the Bulldogs.
1: Well, I appreciate that, and I'm sure there's, uh, no matter how much you think you know what you're getting into, I'm sure it'll be quite the experience for me, and I'm excited to get out there and and get our kids in front of our fans and, and let them see what they're capable of. Truly appreciate you having me on today.
3: Absolutely. Jason Jones, new New Albany basketball coach, with us on this Friday program. I tell you what, a big job, a big fan base, a great community for high school basketball Coach Jones comes co- comes into the program with a, a long list of previous stops a resume where he is experienced as a high school basketball coach, and we'll see how uh, things go. Um, obviously a guy that's taking over some big shoes with the success that program has had and obviously what Jim Shannon meant to the program at New Albany High School, but definitely a guy that's intriguing and uh, glad to have him with us today. Look forward to continuing our conversations with him down the line. But uh, coming in late, and uh, boy, these fall practices, these two-a-days, or I should say 2 Twice-a-week practices are going to be so big for Coach Jones as he gets to know the New Albany team for the upcoming season. I think it's, what, two or three years that's been around? I mean, previous to that, you could do individual work, you could do some small group things, but other than that, it was open gym and weights and things of that nature. So some real changes in Indiana high school basketball rules in recent years and obviously given his situation coming in so late, being hired into the job so late, uh, those early practices in the fall, those two times a week that they're able to get together on the court are going to be so very valuable. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join us with Kyle. We always talk recruiting. And, of course, we got to get into some high school football because the season will be here before you know it. And, really, fall sports, the practices are underway. Uh, games in volleyball next week, I believe. Football the following week. We are so close to the return of high school sports here in the state. We'll head to a break. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison.
3: All right, we're back on the final segment of the show, final segment of the week. Brett McMurphy, who was with ESPN for years, he's now with a group called Action Network HQ. He is the go-to guy on college football, but especially all this conference realignment stuff. And I saw he just tweeted out a little bit ago that nothing has changed as far as Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten. Sources tell him the Ducks and the Huskies still expected to be Big Ten bound when finances are worked out. So I know there was last night, everybody seemed to be on the same page, at least the media moguls out there, that Oregon and Washington for sure coming to the Big Ten after some details were worked out. Then this morning there seemed to be a push or a mention that the Pac-12 might be able to save things, but uh, according to McMurphy and his sources, Oregon and Washington still likely going to join the Big Ten conference at some point In the future, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, our guest in this final segment. You know, Kyle, uh, conference realignment on the college level is a big deal, especially with football season almost here as we think about what the future of some of these conferences could be like. But we've had some of our own conference realignment with high school football and basketball and sports in the state of Indiana as well in recent years.
2: Yeah, we have. The good thing is we're not driving from uh, Rutgers to Oregon for to go cover games. Uh, you know, so I, I, I you know, it makes me sound like an old curmudgeon, but I, I, definitely dislike what's going on in the college world. And I, you know, instead of college sports, it's uh, TV uh, media rights sports. Basically, it seems to be where we're at. And I know it's, you know, you can look at the history and, and see that it's, it's, you know, TV money has played a huge factor in all these. Decisions, you know, going back, but it seems like more and more now. I, I don't even know what we're doing with college sports. It's just, uh, you know, you're killing off a lot of rivalries that uh, what make college sports really cool. You know, when you get schools like Missouri and Kansas don't even play anymore. It just makes little sense to me. But, uh, but you know, it, it'll. I think at some point, you it's it'll go back to you know region regions will you know these conferences will become so big that you're going to have to regionalize them. And divide them somehow, and you know, I think I think uh, at some point it's going to have to kind of go back to sort of what it was, just under a different, you know, a different uh, umbrella. I guess it'll be—I don't know how many schools in the Big Ten, but but you're going to have to break them up somehow. So I don't know. Just the whole wall of it just kind of rubs me the wrong way, to be honest with you. But uh, but you know, you have to you have to uh, do what you got to do to survive, I guess.
3: Absolutely. It's strange times in college sports with all sorts of changes that have happened, and it seems like a lot more that could come. A couple high school basketball notes, Kyle. We just had on Jason Jones, who's from Kansas most recently, uh, that uh, accepted the new Albany job earlier this week as the new boss of the Bulldogs. I saw last night uh, Joe Buck was approved as the new boys basketball coach up at Pendleton Heights, a lot of late hires, or at least a handful of late hires, really late hires, across the state this summer.
2: Yeah, uh, Joe Buck's kind of a surprising name uh, to come back. He coached there many years ago, uh, you know, 93-06, and had a lot of success there. And now he's going to be coming back to uh, to coach after basically he retired from being a superintendent. I believe it was the pandemic year was when he uh, finished up, so... I don't know how long I'm going to try to get a hold of him, but uh, I don't know how long term that is going to be for him to coach. But, uh, but yeah, that's a definitely a familiar name in that area of the state and at that school specifically. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a.
0: These are late hires,
2: and and you know you're you're sort of you're already past the June uh, time with your team. Although Joe did to help out, he was he was doing some stuff on in an interim basis uh, this summer, so he does have some. Uh, you know, he's got, got his foot in the door already there. So, yeah, but it's it's uh, it's really late, and I know New Albany kind of went through it. They had to go through it twice. Uh, so, uh, that put them behind the A ball a little bit, um, you know, to get things going. But, but yeah, I don't know what the reason we had so many coaching changes this year. I don't know if it's, if it's one thing necessarily. There's you know, some coaches who are getting out or moving on from places or getting out completely. Uh, but this seemed to be a year where, man, we—it was a lot of the spring was just trying to chase down rumors or you know hear you know just a lot of that type of stuff. And I assume next year we won't have as many. I hope anyway. So, and then you had some, you know, some coaches who were forced out for other, you know, got in trouble or whatever for different reasons. So, just a lot of different things happened, and you know, it's sort of the nature of it anymore where you're going to have more turnover. I don't, you know sending out a we do a coaches confidential thing uh before each football season and basketball and you know one of the things i asked coaches was about you know what what uh, where do you see high school football going in the next decade and and what's the you know some of your biggest challenges i don't remember the exact question but a lot of it was just about about burnout and about trying to keep good coaches on staff uh, because it is such a year-round thing anymore for all sports you know and it's just uh you know there's obviously not a lot of money to be made doing it so you're kind of doing it a lot largely because you'd like to do it and uh you know but you also got families to raise and, and you know you got to make a living so uh but yeah i mean it just seems like there's a lot of a lot more turnover maybe than what we had in the past And i think a lot of it is because you know it's just a, it's, a, it's a lot of time consumption so um uh, you know it's just i think that'll probably
3: continue to be that way yeah, no question. Kyle Neddenrip, the Indianapolis Star. One other uh, basketball topic I want to bring up quickly: KJ Wyndham of Ben Davis, a name that I'm a little bit familiar with. He committed to Northwestern of the Big Ten yesterday, so a in-state guy going into the Big Ten Conference after he's done at Ben Davis High School.
2: Yeah, and I've got a, I'll have a story out here shortly, hopefully in the next hour or so about that and uh, about KJ's commitment to Northwestern. So. Uh, check that out when it comes out, but it, it'll you know he's a guy I've covered a lot. Obviously, uh, being on the west side of Indianapolis, he's a name that you know we've known for a while. Uh, I covered his brother and some of his, some of his sister with uh, the Western Michigan, and his brother you know went to Creighton and then Ball State, and he's been around. You know, he was on the team with DeWan Jones when they uh, made the state finals in 2019, and he was an Indian All Star. So KJ kind of following along. Uh, in a family basketball uh, success at Ben Davis. And, you know, really his recruitment was sort of, you know, he was definitely on the radar uh, early on in high school and people knew who he was. Uh, he didn't, uh, you know, in Northwestern, you know, I know people probably remember the name Brian McIntosh, who played at Greensburg and at Northwestern, but he he's on staff there, made the first kind of connection with Wyndham with and. And Chris Lowry, who's also Indiana native, uh, is on staff there too. And he kind of came in and recruited him harder this summer. But uh, but anyway, KJ's recruitment has been sort of interesting. He hasn't. Northwestern was really his only high major offer. He had a lot of really good offers, you know, like St. Louis University, Richmond, um, you know, Akron, a lot of Kent State, a lot of MAC schools. Uh, but Northwestern was all he had as far as high major at this point. And then after going up there on an uh, official visit this week or earlier this week, he kind of finalized things and really liked it and everything. So uh, he's very motivated. You know, very really good shooter, left-handed shooting guard who I think kind of proved this summer. A lot of his offers came this summer. I think people saw him play with Mean Streets on the EYBL and saw he was probably more athletic than people knew. And, And obviously, he's got this reputation as a really good outside shooter. So. Yeah, you know, I I've always really liked him as a player and a, and a person, and you know I think he's learned a lot, and and uh, you know I think he's poised for a really good senior year, and you know in a year where you have uh, maybe a little bit down of a, a class overall, I think he's a guy who could, you know, if they go on and have a lot of success, he's a name that could kind of work his way into some Mr. Basketball discussion, and I know people have kind of, you know, Flory's going to be hard to beat, and Jack Benter from. Brownstown will be really hard to beat too, but I think he's riding that next cusp of player uh, and definitely probably, a, you know, he was a core all-star, junior all-star and will probably, for sure probably be an Indian all-star. So, but yeah, he's uh Northwestern-bound, and, um, you know, they've done a good job recruiting the state here, here recently under Chris Collins, and I think that'll be a a good uh, style of play for him.
3: Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis star, with us talking some high school hoops, and of course, high school football, Kyle, Kyle is just around the corner. What are we? A week away today from the official scrimmages, two weeks away today from the start of Friday Night Lights in our state, and that is a fun time. It's renewal, it's a new season, high school football, volleyball, other sports that really matter here in the fall, and then for guys like you and I, we enjoy this season, but we know we're inching closer to round ball here in Hoosier Hysteria
2: yeah absolutely it's hard to hard to believe uh we're almost here yeah next week will be the scrimmages and and uh I know tonight you know a lot of schools tonight and tomorrow will have their inner squad sort of their first uh inner squad real uh you know public scrimmage so uh that'll be happening this weekend as well and uh yeah this is a fun time of year I always enjoy this time of year even though it's really busy and I've got a lot of stuff to do uh you know it's kind of the you know embarking on a new a new season a new school year and and uh you know football's fun it's it's only once a week so it's sort of a it's a good pace it's not like basketball where you're out all the time and, and covering games all the time or, or all day long so i kind of enjoy that part of it too but but uh so yeah it's there's so many good teams we have and i know not in your area necessarily but uh but I'm really excited about 6A uh, this season, seeing if Center Grove can win a fourth straight title. And, you know, their odd schedule that they have where they're playing, you, know, you mentioned conference realignment, and their schedule is really strange. You know, I don't know if that will continue to this extent in the future. I don't think it will. But uh, but they're going out and playing five out-of-state teams to start the season. Four at home, so they will be at home but a lot. But uh, But that's definitely strange, and I know it's not ideal. That's not what they want to do. Uh, but uh but it's a kind of an interesting sidelight to to this sidebar to the season but a lot of good 6a teams around here ben davis like you know they're going to be really good um you know i think uh westfield and hamilton southeastern is is really really good they were ranked number one late in the season last year and poor wing Carroll upset them in the semi-state but you know just a just a lot of good teams i think a lot of uh a lot of intrigue, I would say, uh, going into this season. Maybe a lot of teams we don't know for sure how good they are. Uh, we're, we're about to find out, though, here pretty, pretty shortly.
3: All right, Kyle Neddenrip, the Indianapolis Star, talking about the upcoming high school football season just around the corner. I do want to double back to basketball for a second. Texter says, please ask Kyle if Flori Bedunga has announced his college choice. We know it's not going to be Indiana! Exclamation point, exclamation point and so forth uh any word i haven't seen anything i don't think he has
2: no he hasn't uh and i the, the original plan was to do it uh this week or even late last week so uh you know and and talking to john peckinpah just a little bit i know that uh you know basically at this point he hasn't hasn't made up his mind and i know duke and kansas are kind of the names that people have bandied about mostly uh but yeah so that's that's sort of on hold for now I would say I still think it'll happen sooner than later but uh, but yeah for now he's still he's still uncommitted and uh, we'll see what happens but I think that'll get done here uh, before too much longer
3: all right Cal Ned rip with us on Fridays Cal thanks for the chat uh, we'll talk with you next Friday
2: all right sounds good Matt thanks have a good weekend
3: all right, Kyle Neddenreap with us on the program. Kyle's always a great way to wrap up the week, especially as we get back into the school sports season. Uh, Thornton's text line: uh, Does his son play hoops? I believe the texter is talking about Coach Jones, who mentioned his sophomore son that is coming to New Albany. I believe he does. Yes, uh, but I didn't see your text until uh, we were off of our interview segment with Coach Jones. Also, I wanted to note, you know, a lot of uptick in IU women's basketball. We tried to talk a lot more about it this past season, and I know that there are a lot of fans that have really caught on and enjoy making trips to Bloomington to watch the IU women under the direction of Coach Terry Morin. They defeated a team in Greece yesterday, their first of two games in Greece, I think they were called the Greek All-Stars, 120 to 50. So an absolute blowout win for the IU women's team yesterday. Uh, They look loaded. I didn't see it, but I read some reports of the game. Uh, They've added some really good pieces, it seems, and of course they return some really good pieces also. But uh, neat to see the IU women over in Greece getting an opportunity to practice, play, and a lot of other things come along with those foreign trips I'm counting down for when Indiana can do another one of those. I know they went to the Bahamas a couple summers ago. Maybe they'll get the invite like Kentucky did to be the USA representative for one of these tournaments in Toronto or elsewhere. That was a good deal for Kentucky. And uh, love to see Indiana, whether it's the men, women, get these opportunities in the summer. I think they're just so very beneficial. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this week. If you miss our live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Wherever you uh, find podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're basically everywhere. So search for us. You'll find us. And, of course, live on the Big X in the 11 o'clock hour or on podcast. No matter how you're with us, we appreciate you. And have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday. We'll break everything down coming out of the weekend. We'll get ready for college football. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.